Authentic Life with Josiah Ball. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Your Authentic Life. Uh, Today we have an incredible guest. It is one of my dear friends, Alex Seidler of uh, Elam Fellowship, amongst other things that he has done. Uh, We talk about it a little bit in this podcast. Uh, Alex is a good friend. We go back a few years now. Honestly, he's one of those friendships. I have no idea when it started, but it's it's there. It's happening. Um, One of the most funny people I know, super witty on top of it, but has a genuine heart for God. And I know you're going to hear that within this episode. Uh, in the middle of the episode, we will have our break, uh, where today we'll talk about, uh, for our pick and flick segment, we'll be talking about dumb money. And boy, do I have a review for you on that movie. Uh, so uh, stick around for that. Listen to it. Don't skip over it. And uh, yeah, here's an interview with Alex Seidler. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Your Authentic Life podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Josiah Ball. And I've never said that before until this episode. <laughs> I'm your host, Josiah Ball. Uh, today, I have a wonderful friend, guest on here, uh, the Global Ministries Director of Elon Fellowship, Alex Seidler. Welcome to the podcast, Alex. Nailed it. I am your co-host from now on. I've also never said that. I right. just, what a thrill. What, what a thrill to be fully in this project with you, bro. Right. <laughs> I, I just, I was like, as I said, I was like, I've never said I'm your host, Josiah Ball. Like, <laughs> we should have, what's, I don't know who the most famous podcaster is. We should have ripped off their intro, though. That would have been I know. awesome. <laughs> next, next time. Next yeah. Time. Uh, well, thanks for having me on, Josiah. This is awesome. Absolutely. So, what's, what's, uh, what's new with, uh, Alex? What's going on? Like, Tell you know what? Tell tell everybody kind of what you do for Elam and your position. Yes. Well, I work for Daddy. I mean, Pastor Chris. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I work for your father, who's an awesome man. Uh, your mom is amazing as well. She serves here. I can serve with my wife Jody, and so uh, as the uh, missions director, global ministries director, uh, we have a phenomenal team here. Called, we just call them the global team, and mm-hmm. they do. Uh, prayer initiatives, short-term trips, long-term placement, internships, care, training, debrief, um, oversight to all the missionaries that we have, and also a lot of international connections. Um, so it's like we do a lot of like sending, but also there's a lot of really cool initiatives and projects and care that we do for missionaries on the field. So awesome. um it's a really cool thing. I was a missionary for 12 years before I jumped into this role. So I jumped into this role serving at the Elam with your dad in 2018. So I've been, I'm, I think I'm coming into my sixth year doing this. So wow. it's been a hootenanny. That's yeah, what it's sure. been. <laughs> it's been sure. awesome. I mean, amongst that and you, you were interim for uh basic as well, right? For I was, yes, I was the director, executive director of basic for a couple of years uh, as they were in transition. And uh, that was also fun. Once again, an awesome team, awesome board. Um, and we were able to really kind of navigate some, uh, interesting waters and some really, some really troubling times, but, uh, God is with us and we, we, uh, built a great team, um, kind of relaunched the conferences after COVID because, uh, COVID shut everything down on the campuses and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. um, you know what? I didn't choose this life, Josiah, right. the Lord did, you know, <laughs> or your dad that's, did. That's I d- yeah. So, I somebody get it. Did. 
Um, yeah, we had Mike Freeman on here who, you know, you kind of brought on and helped. Yes. Mike's doing a great job, man. And take that place. And so he's, he was great when we had him on here, but, um, so like global, I would say global mission is probably like the heartbeat of Elam fellowship, right? It's kind of like, yeah, kind of what the basis of Elam was all about. Like, you know, we're going to go to Africa, we're going to go to Asia, we're going to go you know, South America, all over the place was kind of the, the heartbeat. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? Um, and like, usually I'm not like in these podcasts, I'm not like, here's the next question and stuff like that. But I'm just like, want to know yeah. from your perspective, what is, what for you, do you feel like you're grabbing in from the past to bring to now and like the goal for the future without, you know, you know, there's a lot of people out there yeah. that want to be live, still live in the, the glory days of the past, but you know, there, there's a lot of good in that and vision and heart, yeah. but also it's like going towards the future a bit. Yeah, that's a great question. I think the, uh, so Elam, the Bible school and Elam in general started in 1924. The fellowship branch of it was in 1933. Mm -hmm. It was had a different name. It was like assembly mission, missionary assemblies or something. So it's had a couple different names, but the whole goal of what Elam fellowship was all about was to really network and resource and help people fulfill the mission that God has for them. So whether that was, hey, I'm going to pioneer in Africa, or I'm going to serve with, you know, YWAM somewhere, or I'm going to like, mm -hmm. wh whatever the dream that God has inside of you, Elam Fellowship's there to say, let's, let's, let's go for it. There's also something in Elam, like what, what, what I feel God speaking now of reaching it back from the past is that we've always carried an apostolic and also prophetic dna as a as a organization right and um at different times there's been ebbs and flows of that like a lot of major moves over these over this past hundred years elam fellowship has been right there you wouldn't know elam's there but elam leaders elam influence and uh there's a really there's just a really cool pattern of how god uses us not as a denomination but as, right. as someone, a people who comes alongside denominations or other movements or people that are just like us, where they're like, hey, we're just a, a tribe of people that love the Lord and have a mission. Love and I feel like God is renewing that again. I honestly feel, Josiah, like a strong, strong sense of God breathing on those embers of pioneering, those embers of the apostolic, which is the apostolic is sending. The apostolic is trailblazing. It's mm -hmm. it's it's knocking down the door uh, to, um, new areas that need to be taken for Jesus. And, uh, if you, uh, study the word apostle throughout the new Testament, apostle is only used a couple of times. It's usually used apostles. So yeah. there's this group mentality of apostles together going around and seeing things open. And that's who Elam is. It's not, it's not a, like a, a one man or one woman show. It's, there's right. a group of people that carry this mandate so, dude, when I think of our missions movement, when I think of like what's going on here stateside, when I think of our future, I really feel God calling us to those. That's from the start of it. The start of it was worldwide revival. Let's go where no one else is going. And I feel God breathing on that again in a fresh way for us, man. So that's that, awesome. It is what I, I'm not saying that because that's what I want to see happen. I'm saying that's what I feel God impressing, but also that for my sweet spot of what I want to see for my giftings and passions, it's like lines up perfectly with it. Yeah, that's awesome. It's almost like this. It's this very covert, like we're we're here, we're partnering with with everybody. It's not trying to be about hey, we're flashy. Like though, mm -hmm. being in a organization, you want more people to be on board and 
get more people to come alongside and stuff. It still has this very like, Hey, what can we do to help your organization and come alongside what God's doing with you? And almost, almost very covert in in a way where, you know, I think I think what I've heard in the past with Elam, it's like, you know, smaller organization, incredible, large impact. It's something that people have said, you know, and as bros, I travel the world and meet people. Just Elam's, you throw a dart at the board, Elam's there, or has yeah. been there, or has influenced in some way. Like it doesn't matter. Throw a dart at any country, any continent, anywhere. There's just been someone at some point that's come through and left a major deposit. And it's not like you know, a lot of organizations will, uh, will they're like big win will be we started this many things that have our name and our branches, and that's fine. That's awesome. That's that's not bad. Right. But Elam's the big win for us, like the home run, the grand slam is, hey, we helped launch and establish and empower indigenous people. That could be here in the States or also overseas. We right. empower local people to step out and fulfill their mission and their mandate. And not everyone should try to do that because it's no. not, it's really not fun. You know what I'm saying? Like this is like fun is these days with branding and marketing and big organization and name and like that's fun because it's bright and shiny and you right. know there's a lot more momentum to it. But uh doing doing what we do in the, in the way that we do it it's it's not like a very thrilling adventure on that side of like the marketing branding name recognition because it's hard people ask like so where do you guys work in the world i'm just like dude i don't bro just pick a country <laughs> like i'll find someone right it's hard to to necessarily track that down but dude it's what you said covert is totally right yeah it's a very interesting call that god has on us and uh it's not for everybody it's no not for everybody. yeah it's funny because i tell people people are like, wow, just say you're like very connected. And, and it's honestly, I don't fully realize the connection I have just growing up in Elam. And, you know, now my dad being the president there, like Mm -hmm. uh, I could go anywhere and be like, Hey dad, do we know anybody in, you know, Zimbabwe? Do we know anybody in, uh, you know, in England we can connect with is, you know, it's like, I could, I could literally, get connected with somebody that has some sort of yes. connection to either my dad or in like any country. And that's unheard of. And, oh, wow. and that's just because of not, I mean, it's not just Elam, it's just the body of, of, you know, Christ, you know, the, the church Correct. in general, it's, and it's a beautiful thing. And, you know, I've had the chance to travel overseas, short-term mission trips, um, every, you know, more countries than a lot of people have. And, uh still hope to you know before we got on here i was telling you i hadn't been anywhere really since 2015 and it's like i want my wife and i to go somewhere together you know dude i'll send you to the real mission field have you ever been to ohio (laughs) cleveland (laughs) (laughs) i've been there a couple of times man how about south jersey let's talk about the darkest places in the world (laughs) right south side Um, of chicago Bro, I'll be there, baby. Short-term right. missions. We're, uh, yeah, bro, to me, I'm like, when I think of uh, Elam's future, I don't think, you know, there's a lot of people that are like, hey, we need to tell better stories of what's going on in the movement. I totally agree. We need to get better yeah. at that. Um, we need to uh, track, hey, where are people at? What's going on in a better way? I think we need to do that. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, um, one of the projects I'm working on behind the scenes with a couple of other people in global is kind of reaching out to our main apostolic network all around the world. So yeah. there's like Elon Fellowship. When a lot of people think of Elon Fellowship, they think of stateside. I don't think I don't think of Elon Fellowship stateside. 
that's one thing that we do. But Elon Fellowship, I think about on the global, but way beyond my job of global ministries, the right. global apostolic international aspect. One of the things I have uh, going on behind the scenes is starting to track down with them. Because if you look at our movement in Mexico, we have tons of missionaries and churches in Mexico that they've sent out missionaries to, wow. the, to the nations, or they've planted churches in the nations that are now they're sending missionaries. So I, I'm 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 now working behind the scenes to say not who are those people and whatnot, but I want to start tracking the movement in kind of layers or generations and say well, it's like a family okay, tree. Yeah, dude. Like we've sent out these missionaries over the years, and now that should be the tip of the iceberg. That's probably the smallest aspect of, of wow. What we, what I didn't even do. think about that. And then, bro, then there's like Mas Vita. Then there's like Elam, China. Then there's like all the stuff throughout Europe and, uh, you know, South America and all throughout Asia. If you start doing the that math, that gets really crazy really fast. And so not that we would need to try to track it like every jot and tittle, like how right. many did you spend, what does it look like? But I want to see that like a, a, I'm looking at like a map of the world like in my brain with like different dots on it and the different dots have different colors. And that means, you know, something, something different as far as the movement. So yeah. Like, it's like exciting, Elam's man. red and then Mexico's blue. And then what Mexico mm -hmm. sent out is purple because the red and yes. blue purple and then that kind of thing. Oh my gosh. You just went to see, I'm not that smart, dude. See? I don't know my colors. <laughs> Colorblind people are going to hate this map. <laughs> They're gonna be like, why are they all gray? Yeah. <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> what does it mean? This one's yeah, so a little bit darker gray than the other grays, but <laughs> hey, so if you're colorblind, you canceled right on now, this one. <laughs> um, we're gonna send you a map just for you. Okay. Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be in Braille. Okay, we oh. got you. <laughs> it's not blind. <laughs> that will help them though. Yeah, it'll be in R's and, and B's, like red Perfect. and blue. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, and we are canceled. Bro, um, has, let me ask you about your wife. Has Abby been overseas? Yeah, she's been to Zim Zimbabwe. I'm going to get it. Zambia. She's been to Zambia, the other Z one. Okay, where they yeah. speak English better than us. Okay, yeah. I want to get your wife into a country where it's like nobody speaks English. No one's seen a foreigner in like 100 years. That's where I want to see your wife. Okay, I'll tell her. Tell her we're going she to uh, we're going grapes. to Wales. Then you, you can't understand anybody in Wales. So that's true. Or like I said before, South Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> or like the the <laughs> end of the Mississippi. <laughs> yeah, you know we're right outside the Philadelphia Eagles Stadium. Very lost and unreached. Yeah, I'll send you there. It's very dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of slurring. A lot of slurring. A lot of things. A lot of potty mouth down there. The words yeah. you use, you guys, powerfully. Awesome. <laughs> Awesome. I mean, I've been to I've been to Asia. I've been to China. I've been to yes, um, a couple places. I told Abby, I said you gotta go to China at some point. The food alone, oh. and then the people alone. You know, it's just oh, dude, yeah, incredible. incredible. It's the best place in the world, man. I was just uh, I still have a visa from when I uh, used to live there. That I it was it was kind of like canceled during COVID. Mm -hmm. But I heard they just recently kind of like reopened that type of visa. So I think I'm good until 2026 to get wow. back in for like a 30 day spurt. So I'm trying to look, obviously we, we have uh, two little foster guys right now. So our, with our family dynamics, finding time for either both of us to go or me to go for an extended period of time, it's getting a little bit tricky right now, but yeah. uh, bro, I'm, I'm, I want to get back so bad, man. Yeah. I, your wife, your wife just did a trip years. somewhere, right? What's up? Jody just did a trip somewhere, right? 
she went to our base with uh, the Gateway Project in uh, Bangkok, Thailand. So that really is like uh, the Gateway Project was started a few years ago as an eight organization initiative. Elon okay. Fellowship is kind of the lead organization for eight organizations, but uh, really eight orgs coming together to establish a training base center to train and send teams from there into the most strategic parts of the world. So instead of asking them to come to Lima, right. where it's like, you know, we can still train you and that'll be good. I'd rather send you somewhere where it's like, dude, like a lot of missions orgs don't start bases in Bangkok because it's too dark and too crazy. Really? Like they go up north, bro, in Chiang Mai, where we have our conference, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they go up north where it's like a little bit more like Hawaii. Everyone's nice. There's not a lot of in-your-face stuff going on. So when we were praying about it, we were like, dude, why would we send, why would we send people that are going to go into the darkest, most strategic, most like, like the front line where the enemy doesn't want us? Why would we send them to an easy city and then send them into the furnace? Like, dude, let's train people in the hardest place in the world and wow. then send them into their assignment. So that's what we're doing, man. We have a five-story training center. Uh, miraculously, that thing came through. We have teams there right now getting trained. And uh, the goal is we come together, we train teams international teams too not like training americans we're training the nations of the world in bangkok wow. forming teams and then sending them into the most strategic cities on the planet all are in the ten in the least reach so in the 1040 window where you want to be we're gonna yeah. have teams all in there doing all sorts of stuff so that's awesome so jody went to go visit the, that crew and hang out and teach and uh minister to them yeah, you just said the 1040 window. Can you explain that to anybody who's listening? Yes, to so uh, it is a it is a latitude longitude thing. So it's just like mm. 10 degrees to 40 degrees. There's a there's a window from uh the East Asia to West Africa, and it just creates a box that kind of covers northern Africa, all the stands, then coming through all the way to kind of where uh, Japan is. A lot of people don't understand this, but Japanese people are the second largest unreached people on planet Earth. Really? Not Japan. Japanese people. It's crazy, dude. So they are like, you think of them dude. like, dude, don't they have robots that are pastors? It's like, <laughs> oh, dude. Um, That's, it's Thailand. Very, I think people think of Thailand and like think about all the like. Cool oh yeah, things that are happening in Thailand with like the mega, like biggest churches in the world. The people just hear about that kind of stuff. Is that Thailand or that's South Korea? South, South Korea, Korea has like the South Korea. in the world. And they're they're. Okay. So I'm going to get canceled again. You can. Yeah, what? Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> we can edit this later, Bob. I know. Close now. I'll edit. I know. Um. Yeah. Like, and 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 that that that's the crazy part is that and this this is why we're doing the base in Bangkok. We've already trained a team from China a team from the Philippines, a team from Thailand. Mm -hmm. So we have a long-term team right now that's going to Northern Africa. We've already trained like short-term teams that then want to go back to their own countries to train and send. Wow. So what we've realized is there, um, the different, the different parts of the body of Christ around the world, America has a really strong apostolic pioneering, um, don't this is just this isn't a vape this is just a coffee sir yeah I know. <laughs> um, it has a very strong apostolic sending training dynamic mm -hmm. so all we're doing is we're going into bangkok to train the nations to then go to the nations you know what i'm saying so i'm like there's so many people like if you were like if you were to go to malaysia and then go to singapore and then go to china mm -hmm. and then go to another uh city or nation around that area you it would be a you'd be amazed of like they all speak Chinese, 
But the difference between a Malay Chinese person and a Chinese Chinese person, you couldn't get it. It's not like America and like Canada. Right. It's like, we're almost the same, eh? It's like, you know, it's like, we're all, you have better healthcare. We have better food. It's like, no, it's not. (laughs) It's not like that. It's like, they are from different worlds and they actually don't. What we're finding is they don't want to go to each other. And so we feel as our call is Elam, but also as, as these eight organizations coming together, we're saying, dude, let's plant an apostolic center of training, but also then train the nations in the great commission to start sending and reaching out to each other. Because dude, missions, missions ended a long time ago from the West reaching the rest. Now it's about the reach nations of the world, reaching the unreached nations of the world. And that's, that's what the so game project and what Bangkok's all about. So bro, if you and Ab are going to go anywhere, I would say first go into Bangkok, hang out with our crew. And then from there, we call it our hub because it truly is a hub in the spirit right. we feel to the nations, but also you can get anywhere you want from Bangkok, bro. You just, right. Yeah. I've always wanted to go to, always wanted to go to Japan. Um, Dude, that's what, bro, we we're talking about Japanese people. Second largest unreached people group on planet. Yeah. Japan is pre-revival, meaning they've never had a major revival sweep through their nation. Shut up. A mega church in Japan right now is 70 people. If you have 70 people gathered on a Sunday, people lose their minds about how are you gathering that many people on a consistent Sunday? Because there's been so many cults, so many demonic things that have happened, so many different I'm sure. uh, you know, dictators and leaders and things that have just really screwed up stuff for the church and also society. Um, we have an Elam worker there through PAUSE. They're seeing 150 plus young people gather in a coffee shop church every single Sunday. So we're wow. seeing major revival with our Elam, Elam connections there and our Elam apostolic movement. But, uh, but bro, that is the, the if, if you were to ask me, like when I first came into global six years ago, Alex, what's the nation for us to target and go after? It's Japan. Because wow. to me, I'm like, bro, I think Japan carries a very similar apostolic nature to what the U S carries that once revival hits and once thousands upon thousands get saved and healed and set on fire, I believe they're going to be a mission sending force Mm -hmm. to finish the great commission in an awesome way. So, you know, what? you know, it's wild just because we're talking about Japan right now. Um, Being for me in youth ministry, these gen Zers and the next gen and millennials, you know, all my good friends, they're all in the anime. They're oh. like it is like the biggest thing oh, right now. About this. Like, and and we have a lot of lot of like students. So I had a I had I made a youth group shirt that um had had a uh, Japanese characters on it. I don't know if it's called characters or not. Um. Yep, you're right. Yeah. Um. I know Chinese it is. I was Bro, like, they, they actually use they actually use the same characters as Chinese, but really? they pronounce them different. So bro, when I was when I was in the I was in Japan a few years ago, when I'm on the subway, I can I can read what the subway signs are saying, the stops in Chinese. And I know what it means in English, but I don't know what it means in ja- I don't know how to say it in Japanese. Isn't that crazy? That's wild. So wait, wait. So like it's it says like if it says stop, you can read it as stop in chinese translate to english you know that stop but you don't know how to pronounce it in japanese correct i'll give you an example right now i'll hold it up i'm not is this all audio or can people see it's all it's all audio okay cool so everyone listening at home picture a kid 
<laughs> so this is I'll I'll show it to you. That's that's mountain. Okay. In in characters. Yeah. In Chinese, that's pronounced Shan. So, dude, when I see this character in Japan, it means mountain, okay. but they don't pronounce it Shan. I don't know how you say mountain in Japanese. So I'm that's like, I'm like in this, and now they also have their own characters, their own romanization, but there's a ton of just Chinese throughout. And so I'm like, dude, I'm walking around going, I like kind of know where things are at and what it's saying and what food it's advertising. And, but I would have no clue how to like communicate. Same. It was like the most fascinating thing in the world. I wonder why that, when that happened, like. I think the Lord did it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Let's go back to the Tower of Babel. I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> let's go back. Where's Barry um, Qualick? Barry, yeah. <laughs> right, let's phone a friend. <laughs> that is awesome. And now for a view of Dumb Money with Pick and Flick. Dumb money. Let's get into it. This week's pick and flick is about dumb money. Guys, I am telling you, this movie was just, it just blew me away. I, I was just so impressed by the movie and, uh, we're going to get into the details about it, but let me first off say incredible movie. That, that that's it okay let's get into it so imdb gave this movie a 7.1 out of 10 rotten tomatoes gave it an 84 percent and for me i'm giving it a solid eight now this is the highest we have uh i've given this movie um it's definitely a pick movie not a flick you can uh pick it for sure uh it is definitely one you're gonna want to see uh you don't necessarily need to see this one in theaters it's not meant for you know visually amazing it's just story amazing and what's incredible about this movie is it's literally about an event that happened less than three years ago if not like three years ago started in 2020 and then you know kept going um so this is about the event of the gamestop stock exchange stuff going on with hedge funds people and just reddit users being like we're just gonna buy money into this and see what happens uh and it all started with this guy who uh, goes by uh keith gill is his name or in they call him roaring kitty or something like that on youtube he was a youtuber reddit user and basically put up his entire you know spreadsheet of what he's doing with stocks and he said, I'm choosing GameStop. I'm putting $50,000 into GameStop and you should put money in the GameStop too because they're lowering, the hedge fund people are lowering it. So when it bankrupts, they will get all the money. And this is a system that happens all the time within when it, within it. I didn't know about it. You probably didn't know about it until this whole GameStop thing happened. Then it gets, goes to Congress and people are going against this guy who started the whole thing, thinks he had insider trading. Nothing like that of the sorts happened. But anyways, incredible movie about this event that only happened a few years ago. What impressed me the most about it was uh what impressed me the most about it was the the uh the fact that this event happened in 2020, 2021, uh, and the movie's now in 2023 released. So so whoever wrote this movie 
um, decided, hey, it's going to be incredible. We're going to get incredible actors to play these roles. It's going to be funny in some ways, and it's going to turn out great. We're going to put some live footage in from Congress people that happened, and wow, mind-blowing, great. The movie starring Paul Dano, uh, Shailene Woodley, Seth Rogen, Pete Davidson, Sebastian Stan, Nick Offerman, America Ferreira, it is incredible cast. Uh, across the board anthony ramos is in it ramos sorry anthony ramos is in it as marcus um and all this cast together it just basically the movie follows the main guy played by paul dano as keith gill um, aka roaring kitty on youtube follows him and how he started buying gamestop and what that looked like the risk he took and what he was seeing then all his followers uh, also started buying in. And with that, it follows the story of these different people who decided to buy in, who are following Keith Gill. And at the end, you know, as we know, this went up to Congress. This went uh, global. Like People were talking about everywhere. Uh, There's a, a whole thing that happened with Robin Hood where they made it so you couldn't buy stock anymore. It was wild. They turned off the stock button. If you have ever invested in Robin Hood and you looked at it that day that they turned it off, it was a big deal, the, and it was all about these hedge fund people communicating with one another into Robinhood, who was paying into uh, these guys who were paying into um, hedge fund guys were paying into Robinhood. Anyways, I'm not here to give you a history lesson on our current events, but this movie blew me away with its uh, with its acting, the story, retelling of a story that happened recently. Um, and just how all the characters together were just their chemistry was just so well done. And that's why I give this movie an eight, because um, I was just I went in with low expectations. It's going to be kind of like, OK, here's a biopic that we see them all the time. They're either really good or they're, you know, subpar. And this movie did it for me. It just told it well, it had humor in it uh, and it honestly educated you on just incredible uh the incredible life of the stock market and instantly I go on, look at Robin hood, look at the stock now of GameStop. And it was incredible. Like it's at $17 started at $3 went up so high and just the fluctuation of it. And yeah. So just retelling the story of actual people learning what is going on. So highly recommend it. Go and see it now in theaters. That is dumb money. All right, let's get back to Alex Seidler. Uh, do you did I send you one time? I was reading in a book, um, praying like monks, living like fools, and oh, you might have. Tyler Strand, he talked about uh, early 1920s revival in Korea. Mm. There was a whole revival in Korea, and then I guess something happened. Uh, Kim Jong-un's great-great-grandfather was in it and um, got saved, but then became, like, really attached to Marxism. Uh And, like, it just kind of unraveled. There was, like... 
this revival that happened, but no discipleship to him. So he's Uh-oh. like, oh, I'm, I love the Lord, felt the presence of God. And then all of a sudden, like, passed down generations. That's why we have North Korea the way it is um, today. Wow. And uh, it's really interesting to look into because, like, on the 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 heart of revival and in revival's past, um, you know, even in the U.S. with revival, yeah, Charles Finney, but then you had a lot of stuff come out of that that wasn't right. good. And for I, I would just say probably for a lack of discipleship. And how would you say, like, if a revi- revival happens, like a genuine outpouring, people are being, you know, convicted, yeah. healed, delivered, not just Christians going after, like, some cool supernatural stuff, but people, like, yeah. Experiencing the presence of God and coming to know Him for the first time ever, being convicted or or prodigals coming home, how would you facilitate? I mean, this is a big ask, right? And in, in, but in other countries, facilitate like the Correct. discipleship side of it after. To me, it's like you have to have a plan from the start, from the get go. Yeah, so I think that's where like a lot of if I look at if you study revivals here in the states, it's like um, now no one can prepare like when uh, when Peter gets up and preaches and thousands get saved. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like after they get filled and baptized, he preaches the first time. It's like they you you see that you see the apostles and disciples scrambling. They're like, oh crap, like who's gonna teach them? Who's gonna feed them? We gotta and they, they figured it out and it's fine. But in 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 today's world and today's society, I'm like, dude, to have a good plan of like um, I, I say this all the time when I preach about harvest when I teach about revival. I'm like, most pastors are praying for revival, but if actually came through their door, they wouldn't even know what to do. Like yeah. they pray for harvest. They pray for the city to get saved. I'm like, bro, if your city showed up at your doorstep, it, the harvest would spoil. God's mm-hmm. not into letting the harvest spoil. Um, God's not into allowing the things that's most precious to him. Like right. why this whole thing is going on is he sent his son to die for the world, to lay down his life, to spill his innocent blood. Not like so we can have good churches, like so the lost can come home so that, right. that they can be redeemed and brought back into a relationship with the father. So I'm like, dude, that's what that's what the heart of God cries out the most. And so um, to me, having a plan for discipleship is absolutely major. Having a plan and expectation. I do a teaching on uh, building a team for the harvest mm-hmm. and I talk about it's not enough just to pray for the harvest. You better have a strategy and building teams similar to like field of dreams type stuff, build it and they will come. It's not as spooky, but it's like, dude, you better build in systems now that are scalable. Cause if you don't build in scalable systems for discipleship, for evangelism, for marriage counseling, for uh, prayer, for delivery, if you don't build that now, it's not going to magically happen and get easier down the road. So to me, um, the harvest exposes your current reality at a greater scale. Hmm. So if you have healthy systems, a harvest and revival will come and your if your stuff's scalable and it's healthy and it's pure and it's real it'll grow and well, of course we, we, the revival is a greenhouse everything grows the weeds grow every so it's going to be it's going to be chaos it's going to be wild right but to me bro harvest just exposes your current reality some of the finances if you can't handle a hundred dollars now wisely you think a hundred million dollars is going to change your life you'll just be just as foolish with that so right Revival is the same way, bro. Like how we steward our smaller congregations or the event that kind of sucked and it didn't quite like, oh gosh, we got like a third of the people we wanted. How you steward that is how you would steward the massive revival. So um, to me, the nations of the world 
are, I think, better equipped because they don't have the historical narrative of the U.S. of we're very like building church building centric revival gathering stadiums mm-hmm. where revival in the, in the nations, they kind of meet in homes or a shack that can hold 20 people. Right. So the revival has to go organic, multiple leaders, multiple disciples, multiple things happening. It's not a building centric sort of thing, you know, but I would, I would encourage yeah. any leader listening on the out of front of like, dude, um, if you're not building for the dream that God has in your heart, or the revival that you're praying for, if all you're doing is praying for it, but not preparing for it practically, um, you, you got to start doing that. To bring it back to a full circle to uh, South Korea. Dude, if you go to the border of South Korea, North Korea right now, that largest church in the world in South Korea has built entire buildings okay. full of Bibles, resources, tracks, healthcare stuff. Wow. Um, homeschool bible curriculum they've built massive buildings little you can see it from north korea right in the building why because when it's time they're coming in like a flood they're going to wow. be the first ones to bring in bibles literature healthcare, um stuff for for school they're gonna be the first ones to go out there and actually do it wow. and so i want us in, in the states to have that same mentality bro wow wow I remember so you can subscribe to my uh, uh, harvest plan for only $19.99. <laughs> we'll I send you a grain you your every, church month. every month. <laughs> we, uh, when I was at uh life church, um, they're like, they're central. Um, oh yeah. Dude. They had a map of the U version area. Had, they had oh. like a map lit up Uh of everywhere anybody was downloading and reading and opening up the app at that time. And it would be like, Oh, that's gnarly and stuff. And we were there the day that somebody in North Korea just downloaded you version. No um, who knows? If it was a missionary or somebody there, you know, but yes, they were like all like celebrating. And like, we got to like be part of like that praying for like whoever that was, you know, but they don't know who it was. They just saw it light up in North Korea and they said, wow, somebody Whoa. in North Korea right now is reading the Bible. And Craig Rochelle did three workouts that day. He was so yeah. excited. He was just like, I'm pumping just three workouts, baby. Protein dry. Dude. Pre-workout like, I'm dry. All day today. <laughs> uh, See, that stuff is so exciting. I would imagine Chick-fil-A has a similar app in their like main yeah. headquarters. Like Chick-fil-A is like, bro. Every <laughs> single nuggie that's eaten, it just lights up the board. <laughs> Dude, did you every, see just if, from... if Garrett if Garrett listening? Every chicken tendy. Yeah, <laughs> he's a tendy boy. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, they just released the. You know, this is this is a funny story. I'm sitting. This is TMI. No, no, tell me all. I'm, si- I'm sitting. No one's listening. To this no one's listening. Millions yeah. of people are gonna download it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sitting on the toilet, and I'm just scrolling. And all of a sudden, I see a Chick Fil A ad, and they added like pimento cheese to bro, the sandwich. I hit that. You did? Oh, bro! I haven't had it yet. Life changing. I, I, I screenshot and sent to Abby. I'm like, "You want some tonight?" <laughs> like, <laughs> dude, I'm not joking, bro. I ordered the day it came out. I door dashed that to my house, dude. Really? I was on dad duty. Jody was preaching somewhere, bro. When I'm telling you, I, 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 as long as it's there, I will never order another sandwich. Really? There's jalapenos on the bottom, spicy chicken sandwich there, pimento cheese on top, and then they drizzle honey over it. Oh Bro, it's God. it's insane. I've never thought of that sandwich before. I don't know you, how they. You, I don't know how they pulled it off. You but know what happened? They what got happened? a char- they got a charismatic on their team. 
Oh, that's probably what happened. Charismatic. I, I, at least Honey is. Lord, oh, that's Lord, actually Lord. true. Yeah, yeah. We should see if Aaron Newberger can reach out to some barn people if they can break down for us. <laughs> if anyone from the barn's listening, reach out to us. Yeah. <laughs> We need help to de- decode this mystery. Decode the mystery of the Chick-fil-A pimento and honey, <laughs> honey jalapenos. Facts, dude. Well, I encourage you to get one either tonight or tomorrow, Josiah. Um, it's a game changer, bro. It might have to be tomorrow. Yeah. Well, tomorrow's Thursday. We have CSA pickup. It might have to be Friday. What's CSA? It's a crop sharing thing. Like we pay a certain amount, and for twelve weeks we get, like a buttload of um, produce from a local farm. Really? Yeah. And it ends up being like 25 to $29 a week. So like what you go to buy produce at Wegmans, yeah. it's like, it's basically you're saving $30 every week that you would spend on that stuff at Wegmans. Whoa. Yeah. It's wild. Can you sponsor the pod? <laughs> I could homesteads for oh. hope sponsor. Oh, sponsor us, dude. Chick fil A. We get Chick fil A, right? Um, South Korea as a nation, and yeah. also this DSA to sponsor this pod, bro. It's over. Yeah, yeah. I've <laughs> can we email Chick-fil-A South Korea, this. just the nation? Yeah. Let's figure that out. <laughs> South Korea at gmail.com. <laughs> He's like, hey, it's me, Josiah. <laughs> uh, that'd be dude, great. that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, bro, in, in my mind, I'm going, okay, as the reached nations of the world start to go after the unreached nations of the world, everyone kind of has their piece. Everyone has their thing to play. Yeah. So going back to the Gateway Project and Elam, and it's like, we're not we're not everything, but we really do have a mandate. And there's been just a pattern over the past 100 years now of God using us and anointing us and putting us in situations and so I believe that uh, through the Gateway Project, but also there's mm-hmm. tons of Elam missionaries and people in the Apostolic Network that are there right now as well, like throughout Asia. I just believe that uh, he's positioning us to really see a tremendous revival um, sweep across Asia, but also that that 1040 window we talked about. Yeah. The rest of the unreached people groups of the world are, meaning those are groups that don't have churches. They don't have strong networks of believers. They might have a couple people here and there. But those are the places that need the most effort. Like so many missionaries, I forget, I, I'm going to lie. 90% of missionaries, 85% of missionaries go to already reached places, which isn't yeah. bad. It's not like bad. If you're going to go to Jamaican do clown ministry, I'll buy your first nose. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't care. Go for it. There's a million churches there and orphanages and things to do. Yeah. But if that's what God's called you to do, do it with everything you have. Uh-huh. Right. Um, <laughs> But as far as our mandate of finishing the Great Commission and being an end time worldwide revival fellowship, that's Elam's tagline, an end time yeah. worldwide revival fellowship, we got to go where if, if 10 people are lifting on one side of the log and one person is lifting on the other, we got to go to the other side of the log and lift that up. So yeah, we'll continue to plant churches in the States, we'll empower leaders. We'll send people to Guatemala. We'll send people to China. We'll we'll send people to places that already have a ton of momentum in the kingdom. Yeah. We'll never stop ringing the bell, bro, to say we have to go to these nations, cities, villages, and people that don't have anything. They don't have a Bible school. They don't have a church. They don't have someone like Mm. this podcast. They They don't have a resource that's like, hey, here's stuff to grow in Christ and to challenge yourself and so that's bro. That's the, that's the bell I'm ringing for the rest of my life, man. Yeah, 
They might they might get TikTok preachers though. Tell you what. TikTok preachers must end immediately. That's all for another side. That's like a side quest of right. young fellowship. It's just like the side quest the, theology wise, just taking out TikTok preachers. Oh yeah. I was, I'm not gonna say the name, but someone it's right here on my desk. So <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Someone, <laughs> someone, uh, I don't know when, sometime during our May conference, they came through. I wasn't here, they came through and they left something on my desk, a book. And it was like this long written note on it. And it said, hey, uh, I didn't didn't know who it was that gave it to me. They signed it. I don't know who it is. said, hey, Alex, this is my grandson. Um, He's a TikTok preacher. He just wrote a book. And so I was like, okay. So I looked him up on TikTok. He's got like 300 followers. I was like, okay, never mind. (laughs) Emaw got excited. I'm okay. (laughs) Okay. Uh, you probably listen to this podcast every single episode. Yeah, I, w- I, want, to, I want to email back and be like, Nima, do you know Chad Vapes? I'm watching yeah. his TikTok. <laughs> he had another, he has a sub account. Bro, he's not a good guy, Nima. Oh, God. <laughs> Chad Vapes. Here, have you ever heard of missionary dating? That's literally his strategy, Nima. Yeah. He's not hurting anybody. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, he's like preaching the gospel while flexing. You know, it's like- yeah, it's not good. There's not a lot of shirts being worn, Nima. Okay. There's a there's a guy I follow from uh, Circuit Riders, and he's always posting uh, his workout videos and like with scripture verses, and I think it's the funniest thing. And he's he's just like lifting, like he's he's ripped, but like and he is, yeah. Oh, got to support Ray somehow. Got to yeah. support Ray somehow. Circuit <laughs> those Riders, circuit baby, riders. Those missionaries. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. My God, man, you got me yipped up on uh Japan though, right now. Like, like oh, I feel like dude. that's the next place I need to go. I mean, I do want to go to Ireland, I do want to go to England. I want to go to England with my dad, obviously. Um, you at know, some point, and visit but, the roots, baby. Yeah, you know, like, and then you know, Abby and I, we got to take our trip to Greece, we got to do all that. But, like, oh, to yeah, think to think about the um, you know, the reach to uh to the people that have already been, I mean, I'm so skeptical sometimes of just like, why are we doing this Um, for some people? Like, okay, you're building your church. This is just the U S I'm thinking of Western culture. You're building your church. You're advertising what you're doing. It's like, okay, we got good worship. We got good preaching. We got good graphics. I feel like the, unreached people group of America are so uninterested in all of that facts. Um, and it's, yes. it's people who are interested because like I've been, I've done, you know, I've been to Asia and have preached the gospel. You just walk into a place into a lunchroom with somebody and you just sit down and you said like, Hey, what do you believe in? And like, let's talk about this. And like, rather than like, <laughs> The, conver- the, the conversation is not being taught. It's being taught to bring people to our cool area and then they'll get saved because of what yes. we're doing. And I think it's more attractive to, oh, you do Maverick City, you do this, you do this worship and um, you have cool events with great food and you have a great coffee shop. And I I just become very skeptical of the mission of the Western world to the non-Christian versus now this is every church This is just what I've just seen in a lot versus, Hey, let's go and just be in the communities and stuff. 
Yeah. Yes. I think that's, I think that's a valid concern. Um, I'm thankful for every church that's preaching the gospel and yeah. trying their hardest to like, Hey, let's have sick worship. Let's try to like, I, I appreciate it. I love it. I preach yeah. to those churches. I travel, I see them. I'm like, I know they're hustling and just like all churches, there's stuff that's screwed up in them. So it's just like, oh, okay, sure. we're all pursuing the, um, the method of what is going to attract people and disciple families and reach the community. Um, but I would say for sure, especially living overseas in the East and being connected to so many movements outside of a Western context, there is a major attractional um, come and see mentality, mm-hmm. which I guess works. Maybe if you're, if you're at like the life church level or some of the mega churches is like, yeah, of course it works. Cause you got millions of dollars to spend on your, your pain. Right. Right. Where like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like there's most churches are 75 people and a part-time pastor or not even a part-time pastor, volunteer pastor. So it's like, um, how do we move away from a come and see model of we need to get you in our doors to then find out what we're all about? To me, it goes back to a couple of things. Number one, it goes back to what we were already talked about before, a strategy for discipleship and the harvest. Yeah. Yep. Two, it also involves uh really understanding the fivefold ministry and releasing the evangelists not to do the evangelism but releasing evangelists to teach evangelism releasing the prophets to not prophesy everybody to teach and train up prophets to actually do what ephesians said to equip the body for the work of ministry where a lot of a lot of i think the u.s model of church is like you find the prophet the person and you give them the mic and then on Sunday, that's their mic, and they're the one that prophesies, and everyone claps and says, wow. And it's like, that's not that's not really the Bible. And once again, it puts a lot of people in spectator mode when yeah. the professionals are kind of up there. So once again, when you don't have a building or when you're, you're, you're forced to meet in a small space, a lot of those things come natural. So the underground church in China, churches around in uh, different places or villages or slums or just places that don't have access to that stuff – they're forced into an instant model of radical mobilizing the body just mm-hmm. out of necessity because they don't have time for like the superstars. You know what I'm saying? Right. So um, I pray for a, uh, this is what I pray all the time, bro, for our, our churches here in the States. I pray for a harvest similar to what the dis- disciples encountered when Jesus said, throw your nets to the other side. I believe it's Luke five or Luke four. He says, throw your nets to the other side. And then what happens is they go to the deep, throw the nets to the other side, and their nets start to break. And mm. what I see those nets representing are systems of expectation of what we're going to catch. Wow. And a lot of people, a lot of our churches and systems and how we build things, we're expecting a certain amount when the harvest that God wants to release is going to break all that stuff. So how we do one member's course every year from September to whenever. When the harvest comes and there's just people getting saved and they're so messed, they're so messed up beyond anything you're comfortable with. And they're saying, I'm a gender that you've never heard of. And you're just like, what is ha- what, what I don't we yeah. don't have anything for that in our discipleship manual? That means the nets are starting to break. And then what do the disciples do? They don't give up. What they have to do is they have to call out to the other boats around them who these are their competitors. These are people that they're trying to outfish. Yeah. Wow. Call to them and say, let's come together. And that's true unity, bro. The late and great Stacey Klein said this. I know when a true revival has come to Elam in this area, when the body is unified. Wow. And that's what it means. When the harvest comes, it forces us to realize, dude, our own structures and systems and how we do church and how we do life. It actually doesn't work. Like watch the movie, Jesus generation or whatever it was about the hippies. Revolution, it's like, yeah. bro, yeah. 
churches start to break. But yeah. in that moment, are you going to then box out the revival, which a lot of churches do? That means you try to control the outcome and control the expectation to where you can manage it when you can't control revival. And so the other option is to call out to other churches, ministries, organizations and say, will you come and not help us, but also will you come and help us contain this harvest? And that unity, bro, that Brother Stacy preached about and talked about for so many years, to me, that is the telltale sign. When I see churches start to do that when revival comes, not box out other churches and say, mm -hmm. hey, this is our thing. Do you want to come to our thing? When it's like, bro, like, look what God's doing. Wow. Let's let's hold and do this together, bro. To me, that is the telltale sign of, of revival that we as the church in America need to get to, man. We got to get wow. there. That's awesome. I just we got to go, baby. I just had... Uh, a guy named Doug Johnson on a few weeks ago. Have you Doug heard of Johnson, him? Okay. Yeah. Where's he, he from? Um, oh man, where is he from? He's from <laughs> maybe he's like I man, I don't even remember. He's not maybe Maryland. Um he's good friends with Bob Muncie, Robert Muncie. Oh, is he a Delaware guy? He he might be. Might be What's his name again. It sounds like a Delawareish name. Doug, yeah, Doug, Doug Johnson, Douglas Johnson. Oh yeah, oh he, totally. He, incredible man. Uh, we had a incredible awesome. conversation, but he said something I've never heard before. He's a fisherman. Okay. And he's he's talking about Jesus saying, "You know, I'll be, I'll make you fishers of men." Yeah. And he goes, "The thing that people don't realize, there's a season for fishing. There's oh. a place. There's a place to fish." There's, oh. you know, the type of line you have to cast. There's the type of bait you have to like put on it. And like, yes. and I was just like, wow, that's like, that's, it was just the simplest thing, but so profound um, because uh, we just like, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is the strat. This is the ABCs of preaching the gospel to people yeah. that are unsaved. And it's not like that. It's not just, here's a simple yeah. ABC. You know, it's not like that anymore. You know, it's, it's, it's never been like that, but we tried to make it like that. And uh, it's really kind of going alongside with what you're saying. It's like, you know, there's going to be, you know, when I, you know, and we won't take up too much more time, but when I was, you know, putting my team together of youth for youth ministry, the thing that I realized is I cannot connect with every single one of my students yes. the same way I can connect with the ones I know how to connect with. Yes. The ones that have been through what I had. So I need to get people like my friend Drew, who's really into anime and nerd stuff to connect with the kids who are yeah. really into anime and nerd stuff. And I needed to get Garrett, who's really athletic and who could connect with more with the, the athletes in the youth mm -hmm. group and like pulling, I mean, they were my best friends. Right. But like knowing that and pulling out those kind of people on my team. Oh, that's it. incredible. Um, because those, those are the ones that they're going to reach. And as long as you're unified in the mission of what you're doing, it's, it's beautiful. Yes. The mission is catching fish, catch fish, baby. I love it, man. That's fish. awesome. So last question for you. Um, yeah, we are called, uh, your authentic life podcast for you. What, oh. um, what does authenticity mean to you? What does it mean to be the authentic you or authentic to be authentic? That's a great question. Uh, I've had a great time, Josiah. Thank you for this. Um, Absolutely. I would say, I would say to me, what it means is that you are inspired by those around you and the voices that you listen to, like podcasts or you watch online. But you're living, you're living the life that God's called you to live. You're realizing God's gifted you, called you, anointed you, appointed you. 
I've heard it said he made you, then broke the mold. Mm. So while you're similar, you know, we live in a, a world that's like, you know, find out your personality profile and your demonic enneagram and all that. It's like, you know, we live in all this, like, we live in all this stuff. And it's like, dude, I love all that. But sometimes that stuff even then boxes you in yeah. to think like, oh, I'm one of eight people in the world. It's like, no, bro, like you, you are so special yeah. and how God's made you and your experiences with your parents or parent or whatever your background was like that molded you and formed you in some sort of way, throw that in with your spiritual giftings, throw that in with your prophetic destiny, throw that in with your passions that are like, you wouldn't consider spiritual, but it's like, dude, I love woodworking. I love sports. I love music. I love Mm. coffee. Dude, put that all together. It's a beautiful person that God's made you to be. So I think of the authentic you, it's like, bro, I'm inspired by what Elevation is doing. I'm inspired by what this pastor is doing and this church is doing or this this person I follow on TikTok or Instagram. But at the end of the day, I'm not just going to try to then control, like control C, control P that. Like I'm not going to try to copy paste that in my life. I'm going to continue to double down on God. You've made me a certain way. You've formed and fashioned me in a certain way. And how all those things come together, man, like my family history, my DNA, my makeup, my personality profile, my spiritual gifts, all, all so much more things that happen, your experiences that happen in your life, the good, the bad, and the ugly, all those things create you to be someone, the authentic you is you come into terms with that, believing that God is so much bigger in you than the world around you, and just yeah. moving forward Um at light speed, dude, there's no time to waste. We need every Love person that. on this planet to know who they are in God, in Christ, and go for it, baby. And if that means you're the best barista or the best youth pastor or the best Walmart worker or the best student or the best stay-at-home mom or the best pastor, I don't care what you do. Do it with everything you've got. Don't look to the right or left and be distracted. You do you, boo-boo. Love it. Love it. I love asking that question. It's different every time. And- yeah, man. I was so thinking you can, you can subscribe to my podcast called The Really Authentic You. The Real Authentic You. a month. Uh, I don't do any co-hosts, so I'm sorry, Josiah. It's all good. It's all good. It's just you. Abby, Abby will be my co-host. I'm yeah. like, Abby, I'll give you free grapes for life. I've been trying to tell Abby, like, Abby, you need to be on this podcast. Like, oh, I need her on here, man. I know. She's listening and then like chiming in things because she's so prophetic and she's such a good listener. Yeah, and she says awesome stuff. Like she would be phenomenal. Oh yeah, she's she's incredible, and uh, we we might have to do it at some point. Get her on for like a special episode or something. Yeah, bro. Special sesh. That's what we special sesh. Call <laughs> <laughs> this is special sesh with uh, co-host Abigail Ball. Abigail, what's her middle name? Lynn. Lynn. Abigail Lynn Ball. Yeah. You guys are amazing, man. Hey, I'm I hope that's her middle book. name. I'm pretty sure that's her. Now, that I'm, now I'm like, wait, name. this is her middle name? <laughs> How uh, long have you been on this podcast for? Uh, it is just over a year now. Congrats, man. Thanks. Podcasts are a beast, and to do them consistently is a lot of work, man. So kudos to you, bro. You're one, of the, you're one of the few that's doing it for the year, bro. Even longer than a couple months, probably. It's probably yeah. the, uh, it's like the youth pastor limits, like seven months. Like yeah. podcasts are like, a month or so, but yeah, uh, they say they say uh, on average they don't last past four episodes. Wow, which I thought was generous. So yeah. I have I have now three podcasts that past four episodes I've done. So four, oh, that's awesome. Congrats, um, man! It's great work. So great yeah, on. yeah, of course. Thanks for being on. Where can people uh, find you? Um, find me in the club. <laughs> <laughs> uh, find me on. 
My, I put my, because, man, I, oh, should I say it on here? I guess I should. There, <laughs> with our two foster boys, there's just so much stuff going on with them. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I put my Instagram on from private to public, depending on, like, different scenarios and situations that go down. Right. <laughs> you can find me on, it's Seidler Alexander, S-E-I-D-L-E-R, Alexander. I'm on Instagram. Uh, and then on Facebook, it's just my name, Alex Seidler, I think. So you can find me cool. there. At a local church near you yeah <laughs> probably <laughs> just look it up where can uh uh people find out more information about the global ministries um so go to elonfellowship.org we're about to launch a new website not sure when this episode is going to launch but go there and i'm not i'm literally not even sure about what the slash is going to be because it's all new but on there it's going to say go just click that and you'll see videos short-term trips internships and long-term awesome. placements. So we call it like two weeks, two months, two years. So if you want to go somewhere for up to two weeks, you want to go somewhere up to two months, we have 30 plus opportunities all around the world that you can plug into instantly right now. It's all worked out how much it is, where you're going to live, what it's going to look like, what ministry it's going to be. So we love, awesome. I, I tell people I'm not, I am the missions director, but I'm more the mission director. I just want to see people launch into their mission, dude. I don't care if it's here stateside or overseas. I want to see every believer come into that activation of knowing, hey, I've got a calling and an assignment. Mission trips are a great way to kind of kickstart that going in your life, man. So go to elonfellowship.org and uh, hit go somewhere on the website. Awesome. Thanks. Love you, bro. So You're much. the best. You're the best. All right, guys. There it is. I hope you enjoyed my friend Alex. Um, tune in next week where we have jeremy johnson on the podcast jeremy johnson is the author of declare war on fear he is the pastor of fearless church in la this was an incredible conversation just about uh winning the war on fear in your life perfect love cast out fear and so uh tune into that next week please share this episode uh, write a review if you made it this far get on there write a review put some stars on there uh I assume if you got this far, you liked it. Five stars pushes us up, gets more people to listen and would really appreciate it. Share it. Visit www.helloimjosiah.com that has all my links to my book where you can purchase or uh, our merch. Go and buy some merch, represent the podcast uh, in your nearest Walmart. Uh, so thanks again. Tune in next week for that. <laughs>